Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one hundred four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Also, you can watch a simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, It is... It is amazing how the NFL works. And we talk about this here and there, but like, you know, baseball season's about to start. And by the way, I, I I've turned the corner. I'm you know, I, I haven't thought that much about baseball since the World Series. It's just a an emotional process you go through as a as a sickle fan of a team, and or at least that I go through. And so Plus, I, I just after football season, I normally need a break. When your team goes to the World Series, it's great on one hand, but it is emotionally draining on the other hand. So when your baseball team goes to the World Series, especially now, now, you know, when I was born, I didn't know anything yet, but when I in that era and before, for the first hundred years of Major League Baseball, it really wasn't that draining. You played a season, and then you went right to the World Series. Starting in 69, you had one playoff series. Like the first time the Astros ever made the playoffs, uh, 1980. And they played a five-game series, arguably the best five-game series ever. I mean, it was a, it was like like three or four of the games went extra innings. Every game was close. It was, and then Nolan Ryan choked like he always does in the end. Um, but they played a five-game series, and if they'd have won, Nolan Ryan wouldn't have choked. They'd have went to the World Series. But now you got, you know, you got all these extra rounds, and you, and you got to go through three or four levels. It's, I mean, it's just, it's exhausting. You know, you, 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 it's it's a different deal. You got to play a lot more games, and so it is. When the season's over, it's just exhausting. Then you go through a football season, especially the season the Saints had, um, with so much, so many bad breaks, and so many obstacles, and so many just uh having to go through. So I always need a break, and so but I, but I but I say all that to say that. It hit over the last two or three days, starting to come around. It's the first time that I've been kind of, all right, I think I might be getting close to being ready for baseball season again. I, I, I didn't know that it would, it, um, it, I was starting to feel like, man, it's not, it's almost April and I'm really not thinking about it very much. But now I'm kind of starting to to head that down that road. So, but we got Major League Baseball starting yet here's, here's football. <laughs> it's like 
these meetings and people are saying stuff and all these crazy trades and it just never, and then the draft, which uh, we're still kind of uh, going to be discussing a lot over the next month. So it is um, a lot of NFL, and we'll be we'll be talking about that. Obviously, you know, for in, on the East Coast, they're not talking about that in the Midwest in the Kansas area. They're not talking about that. They're they're talking about the Final Four, and I'm trying to like one of the most celebrated national semifinal matchups ever. I'm trying to you know there have been obviously a lot of great matchups over the years. The 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 UNLV Duke. Semifinal. I don't remember what year that was anymore. Sometime in the early nineties. I remember watching that as a friend's apartment in in um, in New Orleans. Must have been in New Orleans covering something. The draft. I don't know. What in the world would it? No, it wouldn't be the draft. But anyway, maybe a UL baseball game. But anyway, it was um um that was a one that sticks out. And obviously, there's been a lot of great matchups, but. Nothing as it's going to arguably be the most, the coolest matchup, the most intense matchup. Not that the game is any more important because a semifinal is a semifinal, but just because of, you know, all the decades of history of Duke versus North Carolina and how much they just detest one another and, and all of that. So on the East Coast, I understand that's what they're talking about. But everybody else is, uh, you know, most other areas, the NFL was still hot and heavy. Obviously, you know, down here we care a lot about baseball and softball at the collegiate level. <clears throat> in the Northeast, they, they don't, they don't. In the North, they, they don't really care about baseball and softball at the collegiate level. I mean, there are certain hardcore fans, but it's just not. I remember years ago meeting someone who was from the New Jersey area who's a big sports fan. He's like, I've never had a conversation about college baseball in my entire life. As he told me, it's like, big sports fan. And it's just it's just not something that ever goes through. Um, it's just not something they ever talk about. It's not a big deal. But down here, obviously, we talk about it a lot. It is a big deal. In fact, we'll be speaking with our good friend Bobby Novo at, at, at 10.15, like we do each week, we'll be talking Cajun softball. And we didn't talk much about it yesterday, a lot of interesting angles to explore just because, you know, we know that we're going to be talking about it on Tuesday and, and Wednesday. So don't spend a whole lot of time talking about it on Monday, but we, we'll be talking with Bobby today and Coach Glasgow tomorrow. Also, we'll be um, – uh, playing uh, an interview with Coach Deggs as the Cajun baseball team goes into a five-game week. We think, did Hannah, did I see, you know how it is, sometimes you read the headline and you don't really, you try to, well, I tried to ex do more than read the headline, but my stupid phone wouldn't work. But anyway, um, did I see that we got more bad weather tomorrow? Is that or did I read the wrong wrong headline? Or like, is there a chance that the game in New Orleans? That's what I want to kind of explore. Maybe is the game in New Orleans tomorrow in jeopardy? 
Cajuns scheduled to play the Southeastern Lions tonight in Hammond. And then UNO tomorrow, that UNO game, the, the Southeastern game was originally scheduled. The UNO game was a, a rescheduled game from, from when they, we had bad weather a couple weeks ago. Uh, well, it looks like for here, for Wednesday around 1, it says heavy thunderstorms. But New Orleans. Mm-hmm. In New Orleans, about 81 degrees, heavy thunderstorms around 1 o'clock. Hmm. There's an 89% chance of rain. So it could be in jeopardy is the point. Yes. That that, that game. So maybe maybe it will only be a four-game week. Well, for some reason, I'd have you look at a forecast. If it shows from like midnight to whatever time, usually the rain does come. But if their rain is set for like, oh, they start at 4 o'clock, usually doesn't happen around here. I've realized that on weather forecasts. Like if it starts for like a certain like three-hour period, it doesn't come. But it comes for like if it's there on the like on the forecast for like at least seven eight hours, then usually it comes. But this does show it shows it from like one a.m. So from to what about you're reading, 10. what's your gut feeling? They're going to play the game tomorrow, or you don't think? I, I don't think it's be very unlikely. So it's possible it'll only be a four game week, and maybe Coach Dags kind of, you know, in, in yesterday's weekly presser, he 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 kind of, I don't know he. He didn't say anything specifically, but his demeanor when asked about the four game, the five game week, uh, the way he answered it made me think that maybe he's thinking it's not not a definite thing that there's going to be a five game week. We'll, we'll see. And again, it's a challenge when you don't have a lot of pitching, right? And so, because you know, to play five games in a week, I mean, you know, let's face it, not at, you know, sometimes Major League Baseball teams play seven games in a week but but most weeks you play six games that's only one fewer than a major league baseball team would play and they don't have school or anything else to worry about so um so it, it, it's a lot to have back to back so it would actually do them some good now I don't know if they would if the, if this UNO game gets weathered delayed again i don't know that they'll make it up maybe maybe they'll still find a, a time at some point in a season you reach a point where the midweek games like you've already kind of know what your team is and the midweek games i don't know that we're, we're not there yet but at some point in the season you reach a point where the midweek games are just kind of in the way like you've already established what pitchers can do this and that and and you kind of already establish your lineup um so I don't I don't know that um, it'll get made up if if weather does get it, but but we'll we'll um, we'll, we'll continue continue to monitor that. So again, the game hotline is seven zero six zero one 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 seven zero six zero one one one. There was some interesting news since I left the show yesterday around eleven o'clock, uh, having to do with the Saints, and we'll I'll give you my opinion on that. In the in the next segment, for sure, we got lots of interesting things to discuss there and ponder. I love that word, ponder. So there's some um, some interesting Saints news to ponder, interesting Saints concepts to ponder, and we'll do that in 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 the next in the next segment. So again, it's it's kind of a build up. Any time that you want to discuss the final four. Um, 
it's kind of a shame. Final four, why? One more final four thought before we go to um, to the break for our timeout. Is you have one national semifinal where everyone's talking about it. It's arguably the most anticipated national semifinal ever. Like, and then you have another one where you have an injured player on one of the teams, and it could be a great matchup, but on paper it looks like it's going to be a terrible matchup because one of the player team, you know, Villanova's got a key injury to, like, their second leading scorer, and, you know, some people may even say their best player. I mean, it, it, it's uh, it's kind of it kind of puts a damper on that. So that one's kind of a, is this even going to be a game kind of a thing? Um which, you know, Villanova has been underrated before and surprised people. And, uh, you know, obviously they're, they're very, very good. And, 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 this, and they've done a great job of, uh, of winning in the NCAA tournament over the years. But, uh, but, you know, Candace is playing really well. And Villanova is shorthanded. So you have one semifinal that kind of doesn't look too good and then another one. That is going to soak up all of the conversation. That's just the way things go. All right. We will take that time out. Come back on the other side and discuss these Saints issues with you. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, the offer ends in a couple days. It's getting close. So if you want to win a family pack of four tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters at the Cajun Dome April the 5th, this is what you need to do. You need a text trotter, T R O T T E R. Text Trotter to 68683. Text Trotter to 68683, and you might win a family pack of four tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters live at the Cajun Home, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right. Uh, I don't know. Sometime yesterday afternoon, the news came out that the Saints have re-signed Traquan Smith to not a lot of money. Very team-friendly, it seems, deal. And I I have several thoughts on that. One is, if they had signed a receiver from another team with the same exact career stats, most Saints fans would be more excited about that because it's something that they're not as familiar with than they would be if it was Traquan Smith. The second thought I had is, again, did I leap for joy? No. Um, Did I get all giddy and have trouble sleeping last night because of that move? No. 
But if you remember some of the things that we said last year, the history of Traquan and me is, one, when they drafted him, I was like, why in the world are you making this pick? Everybody was all, most say, oh, this is great. You know, I'm like, why are you drafting this guy right now? Uh, I was not high on the draft. Now, I'm on the flip side of it. I would, Once he got here, I was a little more patient with him than most Saints fans, I think have been um I'm hoping and obviously um as I've proven over the years to be a glass half full person um I'm hoping that the lack of productivity for Traquan is a little bit more of a reflection of where where the offense has been because of the injuries and all the transition over the last couple seasons than actual his 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 upside his ceiling um you know if you look at the last 2 years the offense is it's been a little bit of an upheaval it's there there's it's been a huge transition have had a ton of injuries um and a lot of inconsistency, a lot of oh this guy's the quarterback, then that guy's the quarterback, and very you know different skill sets and all kind of it, it's been a mess in terms of being able to keep a consistent roster. Um, we also mentioned last year how much it was kind of a shame because last year was the prove it year. All right, it's uh prove it or or get out. For Traquan. That was the opinion of most media members, most fans, Saints fans that you talked about. This is his prove it year. You got to get it done this year or you got to go. I think that's the way most people were thinking. Well, it turned out to be a year offensively was a complete disaster show. So, I mean... Was it really fair to say, well, he's that's it. He's done. He's completely failed. He's useless. Uh, what good is he kind of to have that attitude, which a lot of people have, and I get it. But how how much justice or how fair was it to say, okay, this is his make or break season where he broke? Well, you know, we all know what happened to the offense last year. It was – it was like being they were spoon feeding, trying to feel their way through. And just when it looked like, uh, you know, the offense was about to turn the corner and they were about to start put a little more, um, you know, a little more confidence in them, then you know, Jameis blows out his knee, and and then and then the rest of the season was just, you know, he never had. Um, the number one receiver, Plastic Man never came back. I mean, it just, it never, it was not a, a year where you could really judge, in my opinion, any one individual on the offense because their offense was so beat up and was such a disaster show all year long. And so I, I just, I don't, I don't, I think it's fair to say that it, we weren't really able to see if he could get it done in a make or break season. In other words, uh, let's say if the offense is where the offense was, you know, four years ago or five years ago, we'd have had a. It would have been a better, as we joke from an old movie, litmus configuration test for for Traquan. 
Um, and so he's a veteran receiver. We talked about how they need a veteran receiver to go into the draft. The the normal Saints way of doing things is you you, you replace your need area with some sort of a free agent, and then you can maybe build on it in the draft, which they need to build on in the draft. Again, this is Mr. Anti-Wide Receiver in the first round saying they need to do this. Um, so let's say, and I know a lot of people, you know, all the people who would got to get a wide receiver, got to get a wide receiver, got to get a wide receiver. If you're five, if you're five wide receivers, and this is not a lock, I'm just throwing it out here. If you're five wide receivers this year or um, plastic man, Michael Thomas, whoever you draft in the first or second round better be the first round. Uh, Deontay Hardy, who we used to call Harris, who we just call Mighty Mouse on this show. Traquan Smith. And, um, oh, I'm getting a brain cramp. Guy from Tennessee, Callaway. I think you can win. I think you can go to the Super Bowl with that as your receiving core. That's a better receiving core than the Saints had you know, two years ago and three years ago and four years ago when they were supposed Super Bowl contenders and were Super Bowl contenders. I, I don't. I think you can do everything you need to do with that receiving core. Now, it's got to stay healthy. We know all that. So what I'm saying is I'm not jumping for joy, but I think he can work with Traquan. The other thing about Traquan that they like is he can block. They like receivers who can block. He's basically Brandon Coleman with hands. It just hasn't worked out. Injuries have played a big role in it. If he can be healthy and the offense can be healthy, maybe he's better than we think. It also tells me that if you're Traquan, he came back to this offense thinking that he thinks Jameis is maybe better than a lot of other people think Jameis is. I kind of get that message in him coming back too. Um, The other thing bit of news that has come out since yesterday's show ended is Dennis Allen spoke this morning at the owners meetings. I think they're in Florida. Um, and said that Batman may not be Batman anymore, although I think he needs to still be Batman, but that Batman will be concentrating on playing tight end for the saints this year. That Batman will effectively be a tight end option for the Saints. And that will be his focus this year, playing tight end, which means he will get bigger and stronger and, and play more physically. I'm, I, I, I'm perfectly fine with that idea, with that concept, as long as he's still Batman on occasion. In other words, I still think you need to throw he needs to throw a few passes here and there. He still needs to, you know, just, you know, run whatever they call gadget plays or whatever. I still think you don't need to totally throw away that the the unique things that you can do with his skill set. I think if if he just throws as many passes as every other tight end throws, I I think you're missing the boat a little bit. But if 
80% or 90% of what he does is tight end stuff, as long as there's that 10 or 20% where you can use him for a big play once or twice a game. Like, again, I'm not talking about full time. I'm saying once, to once, twice, maybe three times a game, you do a non-tight end thing with him. And hopefully, I don't think you need to get rid of that is what I'm saying. And hopefully they don't. But I've always been a proponent from this whole time. I still never think, thought they've he's been totally utilized properly. I've always thought he needed to catch the ball down the field more. I've always thought he needed to throw more passes. I, I don't understand why they did it. And so I the, my only concern he's gonna have to not fumble. He's gonna have to not fumble. But um but no, I, I got I'm I'm I think it's could be the the idea. It could be the solution. Um I have not given up on Troutman like I know most of you have already given up on him. I just I get again, I'm just more I'm more glass half full than most fans are. Um I'm not I it, it takes me a little longer to give up on some people. Just depends on on on, on kind of you know who it is, I guess. I, I I'm not I I'm still not wi- willing to just totally give up on Vanette. I'm not willing to totally give up on Troutman, and I'm perfectly fine with him being tied in as long, uh, Batman being a tight end, uh, as long as they don't totally get rid of his um, his utility belt and throw it in the river. I don't, I don't want that. You know, I, you know, I'm, I stuck with Davenport. I still believed in Davenport. I still believe in last year's first round pick when a lot of people are already ready to dismiss it. I think he's going to be good. We'll see. But no, it's uh, some interesting things. We're also hearing about that some of these wide receivers that are out on the market are wanting mega money because the elite guys are getting incredible amounts of money, $28, 30000000 million. Now, you know, if you're a Jarvis Landry, uh, you may not get $28, 30000000 million, but you might want Fifteen to twenty million, and I'm not with. I, there's no way I'd pay Jarvis Landry fifteen million, much less twenty million a year. He hasn't done that much ever. So, um, so no. I, if you know, the good thing is there's no transition with Traquan. There's none. He already knows the offense. They know him. And you just got to hope that he that he's got a little he can if the offense is healthier, that he'll be more productive. He's got to be healthy and the offense has to be healthy. And if he can be healthy this year and the offense can be healthier this year, I think it can work out, especially if Batman becomes a legitimate tight end threat and the and whatever first round or second round wide receiver does a great job. So. Something to be hopeful for, at least for us glass half full fans anyway. All right, we'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll have a conversation with UL head baseball baseball coach Matt Deggs on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I don't need Kevin Foote. 
an award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with, with the, the host bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. Just out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foot is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we have with us UL head baseball coach Matt Deggs, who obviously has a smile on his face after uh, beating South Alabama in a weekend series at Russo Park. That's the good news. The bad news, I guess, is uh, the challenges just keep coming. You have a on the schedule a five-game week this week and on the road against um, two good teams and then play another good team in Georgia Southern over the weekend. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I always tell our guys, Kevin, if, uh, you, you know, you want to play for a paycheck, it doesn't get any better than five games a week, man. And I know they've got to mix school in with that, and that makes it a little bit tougher. But uh, basically when you get to play close to every day, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And you're right, we've got two good opponents and Southeastern and then uh, on the road at UNO, both uh, tough places to play. Uh, and then a really good Georgia Southern team coming in here. Uh this weekend so uh and then after that we've got another double midweek go to lot tech for two and then uh keep going to arkansas state so it's uh the next two weeks uh better buckle our chin straps so one of the big things that's been a problem and and, and actually you, you say well it looks like you might have found some solutions over the weekend and we'll get to that is the whole pitching and what is everyone's role going to be it seems like five game weeks can really complicate that um, is it a situation where you might have to pitch some guys maybe a little longer than you would in the midweek games uh, because you need to protect Orange for the weekend, or are you not there yet? No, I think you're right. I mean, uh, especially the, the start that we got off to in the league, I mean, it was a tough weekend at Troy. Uh, we put ourselves in a in, – pivotal situation here with uh, having to answer back and and uh, it's kind of the reverse of the way things were a year ago right we get we started walking away with the league and then ran into a buzzsaw at South Alabama and just really never recovered uh, but we've kind of reversed that trend right now where we're behind the eight ball a little bit early and so I think pitching it on the weekend is going to be paramount to what we want to do uh, so we're going to need other guys that haven't haven't really had the chance or when they have had the chance haven't haven't uh, been up to the task yet to to answer the bell and and take the ball and go get after it all right so this past weekend well this past week you 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 lost at Nichols but there was an interesting performance there and then one over the weekend on Saturday in a game you lost where Shiflet in four and two-thirds, did not allow her earned run. And then Tommy Ray, who had been a starter, pitched three shutout innings in relief on Saturday. So what 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 what, what do those two performances do? What, what, what can you do with that as a coach in terms of trying to figure out where to place them moving forward? 
Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, the, I'm, I'm starting to think that the roles are reversed a little bit here. And, and uh, it's, it's kind of like Dennis Eckersley started his career off as a starter and became a Hall of Fame closer. I mean, it's, uh, you know, John Smoltz worked in, in both both sides of that at about three different times in his career. Uh, and so it's uh, it's funny finding out where guys truly fit, and they may or may not know it. Uh, but Tommy is a stud out the bullpen, and uh, Schiff, I think, can can do either. Uh, but you're right, it looked better out of the bullpen. Uh, and then what Chipper did at the end of the game yesterday was about as good as I've ever seen at the end of a game. And so it does present some, uh, you know, possible new formulas, which I alluded to, uh, uh, I think, a week ago to you. Uh, you know, and, and a little bit more creative way of doing things. I think the the tally bonds tandem is really, really good. I think Schultz and Ray could be a really good tandem. I think uh, Jeff and 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 Chip could could really match up well together. And so it just, uh, you know, there's some uh, some different type of options out there to to overcome uh, where we may be a little deficient. Uh, in comparison to some of these other teams we've played, doesn't mean that you can't outfox them or, or find a way to beat them. We're speaking with UL head baseball coach Matt Degg. So when you get into the playoffs in the major leagues, we've seen it as Astro fans before, where you 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 know you, you kind of go away from with the normal way of doing it, and, and you mentioned kind of being creative. Like a lot of times in the playoffs, you'll have a pitcher, the starter will go five, and you'll bring in a relief pitcher in, and he might go the next four. When you talk about tandems, is that something we could see from here on out, where one maybe the starter goes five, and then you bring in a guy like a Bo Bonds or like a Dylan Toyt or someone who would just maybe even finish the game if, if, if things work out that way? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, two is one. I mean, and that's a good way to look at it. Two is one, one is none. And that's kind of our thing around here. And, and I think it's just about picking each other up and uh, being able to have each other's back and work well together. I mentioned Bo Bonds, and I don't want to uh, – you know, his performance on Friday – was one of the best relief pitcher, most dominant relief pitcher performance I've ever seen. And we've both been around base, college baseball a pretty long time. I mean, that that was pretty special, it seems. That's the best one I've seen out, out of the bullpen. I mean, how are you going to strike out 14 out of the bullpen? I mean, that's uh, in, in five innings, you know, five and two-thirds. That's uh, as, as crazy a performance as I've ever seen. Uh I think I mentioned it the other day. The only and he started the game was Kyle Tebow when I was at A and M, and we were actually playing UL in the if necessary game of the championship game of the regional there in 07, and he had a performance like that. But he started it. He didn't uh, come in out, out of the bullpen. It, it, it was something. All right. So you mentioned Chipper also before we get to the offensive side. Um, he kind of had a little bit of flair. Um, so what, what did he do better in these last two or three performances than he had been doing? Yesterday's the best I've ever seen. It was just attack. It was quick tempo. The confidence was dripping off of him. Uh, his hand was lightning fast on every pitch. I never felt for the zone. He just cut it loose. I think he threw one or two balls. That was it in the last inning. And uh, got a lot of swing and miss. And 
I don't know what clicked, but it, it sure looked like it. All right, on the offensive side, it you can just see why uh, we kept asking uh, when is Max Marshawk coming back, and it's not like he, you know, probably going to be player of the week or anything, but you could just tell the impact that he has on the offense from the very first inning where he walks and then stolen base, stolen base, scoring a ground out. He just kind of makes the offense work, doesn't he? Well, he just disrupts the game. I mean, you can you can call and ask the South Alabama coaching staff. I mean, it's a it's a nightmare scenario. Him and Tr together, and uh, then you you tack on uh, Debo behind them that can execute and do different things. It's just hard to handle. And uh, you're exactly right. He's not going to be player of the week, but he was definitely the straw stirring the drink all weekend. I mean, it, it, his his impact is felt immediately when. You know, they score in the first. He walks, still second, still third. You know, we get a ground ball in the infield, we score without a hit. And we're able to match them right there. I mean, that's just difference-making type stuff. And then in the bottom of the 11th, he drives in uh, Higgs, who was pinch running from second. And, uh, you know, he's able to make it to third or uh, second base on the throw. I mean, just he's just going to disrupt the game. And even if he doesn't run, that's what's in that pitcher's head. Uh, last week, when I one of the questions I asked you is um, about what's going to happen with Will Veyon when Marshawn comes back, and you and you said nothing, and 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 I thought Will really was um, quietly had a nice, you know, like in Sunday's victory, uh, he steals base to set up and score to run with two outs. He um, he got a, you know, the 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 two RBI infield single. He made a nice grab in the outfield. He's doing a lot of good things for you. And he gets hit by a lot of pitches. And uh, he's just got a knack for, for making stuff happen. And, uh you know, he's kind of the enforcer on our ball club, and, and he's the, he plays with a certain amount of toughness, and he's from here, you know, Rain, Crowley. He'll bleed for this place. That's what we've got to get more in here like him, that, you know, that's what's running this place because, uh, you know, the 14 team proved it. When you've got your center base is, is, is loaded with local guys that, uh, it runs really deep with them. They're 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 going to find a way to win. And uh, Will is that's what you see in Will. It's not pretty. Don't look at the stat sheet. Uh, really, don't watch anything he does. I mean, just uh, just watch the game. And uh, I guarantee you, he's going to have a pivotal moment. You know, he bangs into the wall, making a catch. He has a long two strike at two strike at bat, beats it out, uh, gets hit by pitches to start innings. Uh, he just makes stuff happen. That's because he, he, he'll do whatever it takes, and it's not about him. It's about this program. Warner Rincona, he, he didn't play this weekend, wasn't quite ready, obviously. How, how close uh, do you think this weekend or, or beyond that? <clears throat> I don't know. I could have ran him in yesterday for defense late, but I, I really didn't want to disrupt what we had going. Uh, I thought Bobby played pretty well yesterday. Uh, you know, it's, uh, he, when you impinge your, your throwing shoulder, which if you, if anybody's played has done it and I've done it a bunch, it, it's tough, man. And you can do it in the weight room. You can do it doing push ups. You could just move your arm in a weird, you know, motion and it's imp- 
unhinged all of a sudden, and you can't raise your elbow above your shoulder, and it's just kind of locked up. And uh, we got him, you know, he saw the, the ortho and went through all the steps there with the medicine and all that type of stuff, and I think he's pretty close. I think you'll see him at some point this week. All right, one last question. We talked about your standout freshman shortstop, Kyle DeBarge, and he had a nice moment. He uh, Is he someone that you ever really have to reel in, or do you kind of let some players know how to play with emotion and let emotion fuel them? Is he one of those kind of athletes? Yeah, I mean, I think I got on Blake Trahan one time during his time here, and that was it. I think I've, I've gotten uh, gotten with Debo once, maybe. I don't know. I don't. Not a whole lot to say there. He's he's self motivated. He's a winner. He's a leader, and uh, just cut him loose and let him go because something good's going to happen. All righty, Coach. We appreciate. Glad that you um, were able to walk off the field Sunday with a smile. Needed a big uh, series win, and look forward to seeing what happens uh, this five game week. Good luck to you. All right. Thanks, Kevin. All right. UL head baseball coach Matt Deggs. Those that were worried about the Cajuns, they, they really responded and, and got the nice win. Now, look, the challenges keep coming like we talked about, but great victory, great weekend, uh, just three great games, really. Even the game they lost, it was 6-5 to a really good team. So uh, kind of um, um, certainly a booster shot for the program. We'll be back. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right. I discovered we discovered yesterday that of all the new songs, Hannah liked Ricky Don't Lose That Number the Best, so I can appreciate that. Certainly had that 45 as a youngster. Uh, welcome back to Footnotes. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you to go to the website and join the Rewards Club. You might win one of two gift certificates to Cypress Bayou, a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can't win if you don't join. So go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and sign up today. All right. I did ask my daughters about Harvey Dent. You know, we yesterday we spent some time trying to come up with a nickname for Dennis Allen. And uh, the first question they asked me is, you already don't like your new head coach? Because, again, I didn't know who Harvey Dent was when I woke up yesterday morning. But we got a a call in when we were trying to come up with a nickname. And so, yeah, they, you know, they verify what it could mean. And uh, they look at that as a negative thing because he became kind of a not good character. Apparently he's a villain, uh, became a villain. So the the other thing is... (laughs) I was I was dropping Russ off at school today, and one of the teachers said, so do you know who Harvey Dent is now? I'm like, yeah, I found out who Harvey Dent was. So, you know, it's um, kind of a, 
it's going to be an interesting process. But I got to tell you, I, I'm the leader in the clubhouse right now might be the prosecutor. I kind of like that. Hannah shook her head positively on that one, too. So we'll see. We got to, um, you know, you can't have a cool name like the prosecutor unless um, unless you, you know, do some good things like you got to prosecute. <laughs> and so prosecute a few games and, you know, he might have that cool nickname, which is way better than Casper the Quitter. Casper the Quitter. <sighs> Has anyone even thought, while we're on that subject, and I shouldn't say this, has anyone even thought about the prospect that two years from now the Saints could play a game and the opposing head coach is going to be Casper the Quitter? Oh, no, they're going to love him. They're going to love him. We'll see. We'll see, how much, we'll see who he picks. We'll see how much they love him. All right. Oh, I loved him until he quit on me. So way it goes. All right, that's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Also, you can watch us on the simulcast. Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, Again, we um, talked a little Cajun baseball in the first hour. We'll have Cajun softball in the next segment with our good friend Bobby Nova. And we've talked uh, about the Saints situation. Uh, some news that that has taken place just to kind of give you a little bit of of where the Saints are. I know it seems like the Saints have done absolutely nothing, but they did re-sign a starting quarterback. They've now got a veteran receiver, not the one that probably a lot of us wanted, but they did get a veteran receiver and the good news is, you know, no transition. You don't have to worry about does he know the offense or how's he going to fit in. That you kind of already know a lot of that, and and you know he can block and and um, he has the ability to catch. It's just can he ever stay healthy and be on the field? We'll see how that plays out. They did get a veteran safety in Marcus May, who has a cool new nickname for the for this show's purposes. Uh, and although he's got uh, potentially a looming suspension, which is a little bit uh, on the aggravating side, but um, a guy who could be a solution at safety in the coming years. And they did sign, and we haven't talked much about this, a defensive tackle in Kendavia Street from the Cheaters, who um, the interesting note on him that we haven't mentioned is that he was coached in college at North Carolina State by Saints co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Ryan Nielsen. So 
Obviously, he has a good relationship with him and thought highly of him. I'm sure his input on signing Street played a pretty big um, role in the Saints signing him. And again, I got basically no fanfare. And I mean, I get why. He's not really fulfilled his potential. But I think he's one of those guys who was on a team that was very strong at the position that he played and that has some untapped potential that hopefully the Saints can tap into. And I really think that the most underrated thing that has happened this offseason, that no one is – the thing that that has gotten me more excited than any of these other moves is re-signing Bradley Roby. I know Bradley Roby did not play a lot once the Saints picked him last year. But again, it's so important. For those of you who have forgotten how important it is to have depth at cornerback, it is critical. It is critical to have depth at cornerback. And uh, I wouldn't care if they picked up another one. But I, I think I think re-signing Bradley Roby is the biggest thing that's happened in this offseason. Obviously, you got to have a quarterback. But again, I was pretty convinced throughout the whole process that obviously the Deshaun Watson thing came about, and and if that would have happened, you know, it would be a completely different dynamic on all the things that we're talking about. But I, from the beginning, I you know I always thought that Jameis Winston was going to be um, the starting quarterback, and even once the Deshaun Watson stuff started happening, and you got put on hold there by Deshaun Watson, I always thought that if it didn't happen, that Jameis Winston would be the starting quarterback. And so I, I wasn't really all that worried. Now, we certainly discussed, you know, the worst-case scenario can't happen. But I, I didn't really think it would happen. I, I always thought that the Deshaun Watson thing um, didn't happen, that, that Jameis Winston would be the starting quarterback for the Saints next year, and I, I got no issues with that, none whatsoever. I, I'm good with it. Um and I think he's going to perform fine. I think he would have performed fine last year had he not gotten injured. Um, and I think the team would have won double-digit games had he not gotten injured, and who knows how far they would have gone. But um, but, 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 the Bradley Roby signing is was critical because you got to have depth at cornerback. And two, it shows me that they're they're not even thinking about like that was a if you're rebuilding, you don't resign Rab Bradley Roby. But you, you resign him because you, you, you think that you're good and I think the Saints think that they're better than most of the national guys and, and even a lot of the most of the regional guys think. Uh, in a roster position and it, I, I just it's so important to be strong at cornerback. You gotta be able to defend people in the postseason. And I know I, I've said this many times, but I gotta I want to continue to remind myself and y'all. Other than the that Bills Chiefs game, which has made a big impact, and we're about to talk about that as well. But it, I'm not saying it was an insignificant game. It was it was a you know significant game. But other than the la- the second half and overtime period of the Bills-Chiefs game, just about every other pl- NFL playoff game was, was a defensive game. It was not a track meet. Defense won almost every other playoff game. Now, that, that yucks 
um, Rams game was was kind of ugly. There were a lot of big plays in it, but that was more of a on on the defensive side was a turnover fest. That was a turnover fest, but and it was high scoring. But it, the defense played a huge role in it. It wasn't that just the offenses went up and down the field in that game. It was just it was a complete turnover fest that game. Uh, so that game was a little ugly. But all the other playoff games, defensive dominant. You got to be able to play defense. I know everybody thinks this is a a game of horse between quarterbacks. That's all the NFL is. I don't know if you heard Andy Reid. He spoke. I think it was yesterday at the at the owners meeting, and 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 he basically said. Well, we're gonna be paying all this money for an elite quarterback, but if we don't have anyone around him, then we're in trouble. Well, wait a minute. I thought this was a game of horse between quarterbacks. So you got the best quarterback, but you got to have good people around them, or you're in trouble. Oh, okay. It's all about the quarterback. I I get that message. Um, um. So I I think it's um critically. Critically important to re-sign the quarterback, and, and and that part is good. All right, so the Chiefs-Bills game has sparked, you know, at the time, a national debate about the overtime system. Have you followed that this week? So s- supposedly the two th- thoughts processes out there, the two ideas about what to do with this overtime thing is – one solution is that both teams get the ball even if you score a touchdown. I don't think that's going to fly because they're trying to limit the amount, the, how long you have to play. So I, I don't think that's going to go unless they do what they probably should do is keep the regular season the way it is but just change the postseason overtime rule to each team has to get the ball. Would would we go for that? In other words, if, if it happens in the regular season, you keep it like it was last year. But once you get to the postseason, both teams have to touch the football. And again, there's a very good chance that it wouldn't even it would never change. Like you would have no I mean there's a very good chance it wouldn't even be an overtime game in the playoffs. So I would be good for that. The other rule that I think is interesting, if you haven't heard this yet, that's up for debate, is that you can win on your first thing, but you have to go for two. Can't just score a touchdown. That the only game, this proposal is the only way that the game can end without the other team getting the ball in overtime is that you score a touchdown and convert the two-point conversion which is it's it, it really is a little crazy in that it's amazing how often teams can march all the way down the field score a touchdown but they cannot score from the two-yard line they just cannot do it and the Saints are one of them they just well that's one thing to you that I hope Pete Carmichael can do that genius or not genius I'm sorry Casper the quitter was never able to do is come up with a good two-point play. Please, Pete, come up with a good – that's another guy we're going to have to come up with a nickname for, Pete Carmichael. That one needs to be creative and positive. 
We're going to come up with that. Well, that's a, that's going to be another project. The Pete Carmichael, who is someone who was behind the scenes for a long time and maybe was a bigger part of what was going on than anyone ever thought, whether it's, you know, movies, comics, sports, wherever. I don't know. We're going to have to we'll, we'll, we'll have to work on, on a good nickname for uh, for Pete Carmichael, but hopefully he can come up with a two, good two-point conversion play. I'm I guess I'm okay with that idea. But I I really think the best way to handle it is just to keep it the way it is in the regular season. And then in the playoffs where both teams have to touch the football. Although I guess the con- the contrary argue with that is why should you change the way the game is played because it's the postseason? Like let's play the game like we've played. I and I I would certainly not necessarily disagree with that argument. I think that's a legitimate argument, but I just think you can't. There's obviously going to be a a whole lot more overtime games in the regular season than there will be in the postseason, and so you don't want to have to play these really really long games. Uh, they're not going to. Whether you think that's a good idea or not, I don't think they're going to invoke anything that. You know, they've already limited it from 15 minutes to 10 minutes in the overtime period. So they're not going to – they're trying to avoid playing more snaps. They're trying to avoid playing – you know, they, they think that makes it more unhealthy, more dangerous physically. So they're, I don't think they're going to go in that direction because they've already shown they don't want to go in that direction. But uh, interesting um, – the, the, the two-point conversion one was a new one. Now there's that crazy one where you select where the ball go. I, I just think that's too that's too gimmicky. Like I'm okay with a little gimmick, but when you you know when you when you it's just too gimmicky. It's too backyard football or back you know playing baseball in the street. Like if it hits the roof, then it's a double, and if it hits over there on that driveway, it's a triple or whatever. The rules that we used to play when I you know when we were kids. Ah, it's just too gimmicky. Just, I still think that the whole flags thing for challenges so silly. I mean, if ever one day we could just step back and say, can we just stop all this silliness and just have someone look at it? And if it needs to be changed, well, I'm a, I got my little flag. I'm a challenge. Like, teacher, can I go to the bathroom? I have my little pass to go to the, oh, no, you already used your pass. You can't go to the bathroom again. It's so stupid, that whole flag thing on the challenge. Just watch the stupid game, and if they make a mistake, fix it. Stop making – it's so aggravating to me. But anyway, um, so anyway, I, I just want – we hadn't mentioned that all week long, but that that is an interesting new overtime concept that I had not heard, the, the one that's out right now. I think it was from – I don't remember who it was. Maybe the Titans, but um, – it was uh it, it it's I'm okay with it in terms of a of an idea, but I don't think they're gonna go that route. We'll see how that plays out. All right, we will take a timeout and when we come back, shift gears a little bit to Cajun Softball, talk to our friend Bobby Nova next on the game, one oh three seven Lafayette, one oh four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
can call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this. Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes on the Game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you about the ultimate crawfish boil. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station along with JJ Exterminating Kramer Equipment and Cody Crawfish want to help you win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astro game. It's part of the Ultimate Crawfish Boil Giveaway. All you need to do is go to the website, join the Game Rewards Club. You might win this great prize thanks to JJ Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. All right, we have with us Mr. Bobby Nova. How are you, sir? Crawfish, Kevin. Say that again. Do what? I I like crawfish. Oh, I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Thank you. All right. So um, I, I, it, it's an interesting time. It seems like this program, it seems, is starting to turn the corner. And I think the focus for the rest of the season in the minds of some is starting to turn the corner. How, how do you see where the team is right now? Well, you know, the, the the last four games they've played extremely well, and and hopefully that's a sign uh, that they're turning the corner. Like you said, you know, we just uh, hopefully can continue to play that way. You know, we have got a four game road trip coming up, actually a five game road trip because I think we play McNeese on the road uh, the following week, if I'm not mistaken. So next five games on the road, you know, that'll give us even a better indication. If uh, if what we saw in the past week or so is is what we're hoping we're seeing. All right, so there are, there are a lot of things going on right now. One of them is Ari Cunones is playing third, and you could argue she made the defensive play of the season this past weekend in that home sweep of UTA. And you, if I had to tell you to guess, and I know it's just a guess because things change, you know, in the matter of a game or or week for sure. Going into the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, do you kind of anticipate that Ari's going to still be the third baseman, or do you think that's not done yet? Um, yeah, I think I think there's a, a, a better than 50% chance that she'll be the third baseman. Hopefully that answers your question. If she continues playing the, the way she's, you know, she's been playing since she's got her chance, and uh, she's even been hitting the ball, you know, so... As long as she, you know, I don't think she has to be a 400 hitter, but, you know, as long as she hits, you know, 280, 290, 300 and plays the kind of defense that she's been playing, I, I don't see a reason why she wouldn't be in the lineup. So, in other words, 
right now it's more important to solidify the defense than to have a little more pop potential in the lineup? I, 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 that's the way I think, you know, but I'm not the coach. But, I mean, I mean, you saw just as, as good as I saw, you know, over the last three or four games, which he's done for that defense. And, uh, man, she's made some really nice plays at third base. And she, you know, and, and then when she's not making plays, she's taking away, in my opinion, she's taking away the short game of the opponent, you know. So, uh, she, because she does that really, really well, you know, charging in, taking away bunts and, and, and you know, things like that. So, even when she's not making plays, she's – Taking plays away, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I, I, I'm not saying she's quite the hitter, but she kind of reminds me of like a Natalie Fernandez at third base. Oh, no doubt about it. And you know, Natalie probably, you know, was a better hitter. But uh, you know, uh, and you never know if Ari just stays in the lineup and continues to get at bats. You know, her hitting. I mean, I watch her in batting practice. The, the kid can hit. And sometimes, you know, the more you play, the better you hit. That's the case for some kids, not the case for others. But, you know, we just have to wait and see. I mean, I'm sure she'll be in the starting lineup Wednesday night and in the starting lineup in San Marcos this weekend. And we'll see what more at bats will, will do for her, her offense, you know. What about, you know, at the beginning of the year, first base was one of the options we discussed quite a bit for Stormy Konselnik. And you know her bat has to be in the lineup. Um, do you see, I'm sure that might change a little more than, than Ari at third if things continue the way they are, but do you see that as a long-term position for, for her this season? Well, I think, I think she may get some games at first, some games at DT. You know, you gotta, you know, at some point you could probably get a see Coach Glasgow working, Taylor Roman in there, some, you know, so she may get some games at first, some games at DT. You know, you got some kids coming back from injuries like, you know, Alexa Langley's and um, Melissa Mayhew is playing well at short. So, you know, that's another issue that, you know, he's going to uh, have to deal with. And so you may see, you may even see, uh, you know, Langley's maybe at, at second a few games. And, you know, and Jordan Campbell's another option at first base. So he's got a lot of options there. And I think he's starting to have a better idea of how he wants to uh, manage that roster because he's got so much depth and, uh, you know, which has really come in handy <clears throat> since Rain O'Neill and, and, and Alexa Langliers and, and, and Jenna Keene have gone down with those injuries. The, uh, you know, we've seen how much depth we have. All right. The other thing mentally as far as turning the corner is obviously the Cajuns play Texas tomorrow in uh, in Austin on their way to San Marcos and for a weekend, a big weekend Sunbelt Conference series um, this weekend and against Texas State. But where are you in this? And uh, this is kind of what I was alluding to also at the very beginning of our conversation. I'm at the point now where I don't know how big these midweek games are, even against a team that's now in the back in the top 25. And by the way, Texas has won like 15 in a row now. Like, they weren't really hot the first time they played them a couple of weeks ago, but they are now officially hot. They swept LSU after they beat the Cajuns, and, and they won every game since then other than this one tie, which I don't count ties in baseball and so on. I just, I just ignore them like that game didn't even take place. But 
But right now, it seems like this is all about the weekend. And it's never really been that way in softball for this program like it is in baseball. We have that discussion in baseball quite a bit. In softball, this has always been a national program. At-large bids were almost a given. I don't think an at-large bid is a given right now. So it's your approach to all these games trying to changing now from here on out. No doubt. You know, we, you and I talked off the air, uh, I think it was yesterday. And, you know, my mindset, the way I think right now is, um, you know, our RPI obviously is not as good as it's been in the past at this point in the season. And But I think if the Cajuns can win the regular season conference championship and make it to the championship game of the tournament, whether they win the championship game of the tournament or not, I think that would – I think that would get us a uh, an at large, and that's just the way I'm thinking right now. So, I, I, personally, I'm focusing more on conference games, weekend series, and uh, winning that regular season conference championship and getting to the championship game in the tournament. That's that's the way I'm thinking right now. So, with that said, when you play midweek games. Who you who you starting? Who are you pitching in midweek games now? Well, you know you can use those midweek games to get to get all three pitchers work. You know, Megan Shawman needs you know she needs some work. Seems like she's been better coming in in relief. So you could start Sam. You could start Kendra, and you could bring Megan in later in the game. And you know when she pitched in relief against Texas in that second game of the doubleheader, she pitched really really well. And held Texas right where they were, and and gave the Chiefs the chance to win. And that you know that could be, you know that could be uh, her role on this team. And uh, you know get Sam a couple innings, get Kendra a couple innings, and and I'm and I'm just you know I'm just thinking out loud. I have no idea what the pitching plans are going to be. And uh, you know you talk about midweek games now. You know when, when you play teams like Southeastern and and, and McNeese. In midweek games, then you got to focus a little bit more on those games, in my opinion, because of because of their RPI, you know. And um, so, uh, I think you're going to see two or maybe even three pitchers in, in those midweek games. All right. So it looks like we're looking at a trend now. Again, a lot of things are changing. It looks it looks like we're looking at a trend now where. Unless uh, if things stay the same, Sam Landry could be starting game one and game three of weekend conference series. So if she continues to do that, does she need to pitch in a midweek game? No, she doesn't need to. But I mean, you could you could you know kind of swap that out for a bullpen session. You know, if you know what I'm saying. Right. You know, you could you could get her her work in a game if you wanted to. So you know, and that's all going to you know depend on. Coach uh, Coach Robichaux and Coach Glasgow and what they're thinking is, you know. So, uh, no, she doesn't have to pitch in a midweek game, but that doesn't mean she's not going to. So, when keeping in mind what we just talked about in terms of RPI and what games are more important, weekend, midweek, and all that, when Coach Glasgow adamantly said yesterday uh, that he thinks this team needs to win three out of four, in the four games being Texas tomorrow and then three games against Texas State over the weekend and some Bell Conference series. What 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 are the biggest reasons why he made that statement, do you think? 
I think he, you know, I think he thinks it's important to keep the momentum that you know they they gained over the last four games and really the five out of the last six games the Cajuns have played really well. You know, they had that that one bump in the road and that second game at Georgia Southern, but uh, the momentum that they've gained and the confidence that they've gained, I think it's important to the team and important to Coach Glasgow that they they're able to maintain that and and not lose that and then have to try to get it back. So in my mind, that's, you know, why he thinks it's so important to go to Texas and, and have a good week. But normally when you make statements like that, it's about RPI. So you think that's more secondary is kind of what I'm asking you than the momentum part of it. Well, I hadn't really thought of that. And that may be what he was thinking, you know, um, uh, you know, that's, that's very possible that he, that he thinks, and of course you got to win. I mean, if you go on the road and you lose a, a game or two to Texas State, certainly not gonna gonna help you RPI wise. And that's always something you got to kind of keep your eye on. And uh, so maybe that you know, maybe I'm sure that uh, that may be what was in the back of his mind. All righty. So we uh, it's gonna be next week by next week's conversation, man. Those are four very important games that would have been played, and we'll know a little even more about where this team is heading. But things are starting to come into form a little bit in terms of what to expect and what the solutions are, and we'll see what happens. So enjoy your trip to Texas. I'm sure you will find plenty of good places to eat, and hopefully you can come back with some victories. That would be great to talk about uh, four wins next Tuesday would be a, would be really nice. Well, it would be a celebration uh, segment for sure if that <laughs> happens. All right, Bobby, appreciate your time as always, sir. Thank you. All right, Kevin. Thank you, my friend. All right. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, since we're getting close, we're going to remind you more than once. If you want to win tickets at the Harlem Globetrotters, you need to text Trotter to 68683. Text Trotter to 68683. That's T R O T T E R. And you might win a family four-pack of tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters at the Cajun Dome. The date of that is Tuesday, April the 5th. Tuesday, April the 5th, which is a week from today. So um, if you would like to win, you need to do that today. Again, text TROTTER to 68683 to win tickets, family four-pack of tickets to the Harlem Globetrotters. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. We have uh, discussed Cajun baseball, Cajun softball, lots of Saints situation. Again, it, it, it NFL news just keeps coming. It never really stops. I think some of that is just stuff that happens, and some of it is 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 on purpose. I mean, the NFL is... 
they've just kind of been the masters at keeping their sport alive, and they do as good a job as anyone making all of that happen. Ooh, kind of like that. Ringo got a suggestion for the Pete Carmichael nickname, Ringo. Ringo, obviously referring to the Beatle that people talk about the least about, that have the least of respect for, kind of in the background, one as a drummer and, and two as, you know, not the main songwriters, which were John and Paul and and um, and didn't have the, the individual quiet. You know, he did have some um, some success, limited as a as an individual star, you know, coming out with his own songs. I did have the 45 of the no no song. But um but no, not George Harrison and not um I did see his son got married over the like this past week, so I hadn't seen any kind of Ringo star um news or anything him in the in the media at all. But no, that that that's pretty good. Uh, I like that as someone who is a um, likes Beatles music. I I, I get that. I, I kind of like that one. I think that I, you know so far it's the only one we got. But I think it's going to be tough to beat. I think we set the bar pretty high here for the first suggestion on the Pete Carmichael nickname. I think one day we have a segment where you just go and list off. All of your nicknames you have, well, again, or we get it written up somehow, yeah. so we have a list. We've done some of that, like when we when we came up with the idea for the liners. Um, I had to give Raymond, I don't know, twenty or so, twenty or something of them, and I. What ha- what happened with that was we had we did that on the previous station. I don't know, three or four years ago, we tried to come up with all of them, and I had a list. And when I moved from one newspaper to the other, somehow that list got lost. I I don't – it was in my drawer at the previous newspaper, and and, and when I made the move, somehow that list got lost. So, yeah, we need to – we need to. Now, some nicknames don't apply anymore because, you know, they might be of Saints players that are no longer there, and so we don't really ever even talk about them. They just kind of – fade away into the atmosphere but no that we that that'd be good but no i i, I like ringo that's a good one that is that, that 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 that's a good one and hopefully uh again it's so hard to know i had a conversation uh off the air conversation with our our friend gerald who d- does all kind of traveling still we need to get gerald back on i've been telling myself that but anyway um when we get a little closer to the draft we we um I, I'll make an effort to to make that happen, but like how do you know? It, it's so difficult. I think that's part of why some Saints fans who are not glass half full like me are struggling. I think that's part of the struggle for them. It's like this cat Pete Carmichael, Ringo, if you will. Um, how, how, how do we know? Like, he actually has been there more than Casper was. Because remember, Casper got suspended for an entire year. I mean, Pete Carmichael has been there from the very beginning. But how much of it was him? How many of the play calls 
or how how much of the offense was him and or how much did he absorb to where he can now I mean he had to absorb it I mean he was there from the beginning he's been there since 06 I mean he he was implementing game plans before even Drew Brees did or playing a role in that he has called plays before and it's not like he's never called plays. He's had games where he called plays. He had an entire season where he called plays. The offense wasn't bad that season. They just had zero defense. Zero defense that season. Um, so, you know, there's just a huge question mark when it comes to Cormichael. And so I get that. That's part of why so many Saints fans are, are kind of – they're kind of in um, – no man's land right now. Their version of no man's land as a fan because they just, I think they don't know which way to go. Things can go this way, can go that way, and, and they don't really know which way to go. So we've had another suggestion coming for Carmichael, which is man behind the curtain, or like Wizard of Oz. Man, I haven't seen that in a long time. Is that the guy with the deep voice? Yes. Kind of strange voice? Yes. Yeah, okay. From, and one of the, he wanted me to let you know it's Gabriel Landry from Koto. Oh, okay. No, that's it's that 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 nails it. I mean that that that's what we're hoping he was like. You know, the secret to success. The man. By the way, that when I was a kid, that movie I watched it like one time. I was like, I don't want to. Did that movie scare you as a kid, or did you not watch it as a kid? Uh, uh-uh, it didn't scare me at all. We actually did my uh, my senior year of high school because I did marching band all through high school. And we did um, not Wizard of Oz, but we did. I can't get the name of it now. What's the name of the musical? I, can't name, I was Elphaba. I was like the Wicked Witch. Okay. For our show. I don't know. When I, I'm talking, like, I just have a memory of when I was, I don't know, five, six years old or something like that. And the first time I saw it, I'm like, ooh, that movie's a little, I don't know. Maybe the Wicked Witch got to me. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I'd had like a whole Wicked. Sorry, that's the name of the musical. Um, I had like big, huge black wings that I came out with at the very end of our show. And I had my entire face had like green makeup to where like anywhere you can see my skin, I had green. And you had a Harvey Dent face or kind of mean, vicious? Yeah. Kind of mean at the very villainy. end. Yeah. Yeah. Because I actually had a my best friend. And actually, my maid of honor, she was um, Glinda. She was the good witch. Oh, okay. So we had like a whole like little duet together that like has hug and everything. Made all our parents cry. It was fine. <laughs> all right. So no, we 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 got we got the whole off season to do it, but we got some good suggestions certainly for our boy Pete. So we'll see how they. Um, we'll see how how he performs. But again, I, I mean. Who are you going to get that on paper is more qualified to call the Saints offense than than Pete Carmichael? Now, is there a is there a possibility that he just doesn't have it? Again, he just strikes me as the ultimate behind the scenes guy. My biggest question mark about him is can he handle essentially being the leader, the head coach? Of the office. Now, I know he's not the head coach. Dennis Allen is the head coach. But 
But Dennis Allen is not the head coach of the offense. He's going to be running the defense. So can he handle And I just think his because he's been there so long, I think he's going to be able to do it. I think he would have a tough time going to a new team, a new franchise, and being the leader. But I think because he's been here for so long, there's that natural built-in respect for him, and he's been with Jameis for two years. I think he can do it here. All right. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, bud. It's Joey. Howdy. It's funny you say that. I got a friend that was texting me that Carmichael's the man behind the curtain. So he said the wizard. But I don't know if you got to get some skins on the wall before you can call him the wizard. But that he was kind of on the same trend as the other guy. He likes the mentalist for Dennis Allen, by the way. But I kind of like mentalist. prosecutor, DA. That's pretty cute. Yeah. Now, The Mentalist was a show that I watched. I watched The Mentalist a lot. I'm watching it right now, yeah. actually. I, I watched The Mentalist. I like that. But, but, That's but, what he was saying, Dennis Allen, because he can play some mind games, too. So, uh, I mean, it's got a nice, cute ring to it. So, I'm good. I'm good with either one. We can call him Dennis if you want. I'm good I, with that. Too, I, or think, Coach Allen. I, I think, I don't know. I, I think The Mentalist was too cool for Dennis Allen, but, but, but that's just, that's just <laughs> me. Dennis seems a little more uptight than The Mentalist was. But, but, but no, I, that's a, so, but we don't have a lot of time, Joey. But, but, but do you, are, are you, which side are you on? Are you really worried that he can't handle it? Or are you pretty confident that he's been there so long he can handle it? Oh, I think, look, they've built a great organization, and Carmichael's been one of the constants. So I've got no problem with it. Look, it may be an upgrade because he may not be as cute as Sean, and he may rank, pull in the reins on having quarterbacks free reign audibleizing. So we don't know how many times that runs were called that Drew Brees actually threw and we were blaming the coach for the stupid call when he had a run called and Drew might have audibleized out of it, which I get them giving Drew that authority. But, uh, again, we I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm actually excited. I want to see this new regime. And uh, hopefully Sean's left the whole thing in good hands, and you still got management at the top. So I think it was a, it should be a seamless transition. But I, we can again, only we can only imagine how many times Pete Carmichael and any of the other offensive coaches rolled their eyes over something crazy Casper did. Oh, I'm, uh, look, I'm still mad about the double reverse on third and one from six years ago. So yeah, I get it, bro. Some things are hard to forget, but um, I just think it's, it's, it, we might be a little more conventional, especially with Jameis. I think it might be a little more quarterback friendly. I, I, I could see a lot more play action. Um, I, I just, I, I'm happy. I, I, if we had totally changed the coaching staff, I'd be more worried than what we got right now. It's pretty much Sean's on suspension. You know, we've been through this before, and it's the same group. And we, we kept our defensive line coach by making him a assistant defensive coordinator, whatever his new title is, Nielsen, who I think is a great coach. So I'm, I'm, that's the last thing I'm worried about is the coaching. I'm still worried about filling out the gaping holes in the players, and I'm still not excited about the way we kick the can down the road, but that's what you do. So I know you're up against the clock. Right. I'm going to call Thank, tomorrow thanks, and talk Joey. about the owners are, are, are about to lose their minds over this Deshaun Watson contract. They uh, People don't realize when you guarantee money, the owners have to put that money into escrow. It's a guaranteed money. It's money they're going to pay you later. If they guarantee somebody $200 million, the owner has to come up with that money and put it into an escrow account. 
Let's talk about that tomorrow. Call back oh, tomorrow. That's a big one, though. Yeah. All right. Let call call Later. tomorrow. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be back on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Right, certainly liked a little um, Grand Funk Railroad as a young lad. All right, welcome back to Footnotes on the Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's music station. Want to remind you, LSU, ULM, play tonight, 6.30 first pitch. You can listen to all of it right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, I like them 6 o'clock starts. You know what's amazing to me? Like, I love it now that they start at like 6. Like, this game's at 6.30. I prefer to 6 o'clock starts, which have gotten more popular. Years ago, things used to start at 7.30. Like, I still don't get that. High school football, when I was in high school, started at 7.30. The Astros used to start all their games at 7.30. I don't know why it used to be so late back then. It seemed like it'd be earlier then and later now, but we're going more earlier. I like it. Of course, the games are lasting a lot longer now than they ever used to last because of the new way of playing baseball. But uh, but no, I uh, you can listen. It, you know, this LSU team exactly. They they kind of woke up last weekend and the bats just went crazy. So we'll see how that continues moving forward and and where LSU can. Um, will end up this season going to be an interesting team to, to kind of follow and see if they can right some of the wrongs and keep that that hitting going. Uh, but, again, that game you can hear right now, uh, tonight right here on the game. All right, appreciate all the phone calls, all the great suggestions. Y'all have a nice day.